Welcome to College Q&A. I'm Justin Myrick, and recently my son Drake said I need new intro music. So let's do this. Hey Dad, how about some college questions? Let's hear them. Let's hear them. All right, we are rolling with our latest episode of College Questions. We're so thankful you guys are listening in. Be sure if you haven't followed our Instagram, be sure to do so. That's another way for us to get word out about these podcasts. And we certainly hope and pray that if these are encouraging uh, to you and inspiring you as your walk with Christ, that you would share it. Uh, Let folks know. And I think this will be a unique one as well um, that you may have as a resource in your back pocket to share with others. Because the question we are exploring is, what should I believe about abortion? This is a great topic to have discussion on. Uh, I, in my college years, probably was asking that question, what should I believe about it? Um, I hadn't really heard that much about it, and I think that's fairly common among Christians growing up. And so um, we see it as a political issue, but it's a great question we really want to get into today, so I'm excited to explore that. And I'm excited about our guest. Miss Christy Renfro is with us today, and she is the director of Choices Pregnancy Resource Center here in Russellville. She has been serving in some capacity for going on nearly 20 years, and so we are so grateful for her, for the Ministry of Choices, and so grateful for her taking the time to join us today. So, Miss Christy, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Thanks, Justin. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited about our question to do, what should I believe about abortion? And kind of just to reiterate what you just said, that was something that challenged me when I was in high school and college and I knew of friends that were experiencing abortion or contemplating it and thinking about what they should do in situations like that. And I think it was after I graduated college and I began teaching elementary school, that was the degree that I graduated with. And the Lord challenged me. My story was really interesting. I became friends um, with a girl that volunteered at Choices at the time. And I became friends with her, not at the clinic, but um, through other work situations. And she really challenged me. She was like, you need to come volunteer. You need to be a part of this organization. It's fantastic. And I would just look at her and think, I either don't have time for that or I'm not invested in that. That's not something that um, is really pulling at my heart right now. And After two years, she invited me to the banquet, and she kept on, and we have a big dinner every year, and she kept asking, and so I went, and that was when God really, he met me there. He encountered me there spiritually, and he challenged me to to do something, Mm. and he adjusted my belief system was really what was happening at the time, even though I didn't know it. So I became a short-term volunteer, and I'd volunteer in the afternoons after teaching school from like 4.30 to 7.30 or whatever our hours were, and I began to learn about God's heart for life and what that really means. So I was learning at the time about what what empowers us spiritually to believe what we believe and why the Lord has challenged us to believe a certain way as much as I was learning about abortion. So... I want to propose that abortion is not as much a political issue as it is a spiritual issue. Mm. And abortion is, um, it's something that God has challenged us with. My, my favorite scripture is Deuteronomy thirty nineteen, And when I read that, it's just so very clear to me that the Lord said, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. And how I process that spiritually is um, 
our family is is really big on things that are passed on generationally. Mm. And, you know, what was, I'm a seamstress, and that was passed on from my mom to, from my grandmother uh, on down, and that's very important to me. Mm. And so I think about, okay, the Lord is saying, I want you to choose life. And your choice right now with life, between life and death, this is this is a daily choice. And it's not just about abortion, but it's about honoring God with our life and the choices that we make every day. And mm. and then he refers to our descendants and he says, this is going to affect generations. This is going to affect you long term. It's going to affect your grandchildren, great grandchildren and and down the line. And that that's what grabbed a hold of me when I was really establishing my belief system mm-hmm. on abortion. So I love that he just says, choose life. Mm. And we're choosing life in our relationships. We're choosing life in our jobs, in our college career, in uh, the impact that we have with other people and how we impress upon them what the Lord has called us to do and how much he loves us and how we're able to minister Mm. in ways that we may not even really see as obvious ways to minister Mm. to other people. That's all choosing life. So when it comes to abortion, that's very literal. That is um, choosing one of three paths. When our clients come to the clinic, then we have three paths to choose from. Well, let's help me out because I'm, I'm interested in the three paths. And by the way, it's probably worth pointing out too. Uh, I love the example that your friend uh, did for you, which was they invited you to be a part of something and you said no, <laughs> but they just kept asking you. Mm-hmm. I love those stories because I think it's a good encouragement for perseverance. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times we can invite somebody to come be a part of something and, you know, that's, I, that's happened to me in my life. So I just kind of went, I, that was a really neat thing that I, mm-hmm. that wasn't an emphasis there, but I thought that was worth pointing out. That's really, uh, that can be helpful. And don't give up on people. Keep inviting them. You never know what God's going to do there. That's and right. so here you are serving in this capacity. And who knows if that friend wouldn't have kept pursuing that, you know, you just don't know. And so I, I think that's really neat. And I, I would just like to know kind of the three options, because I feel like one thing when it comes to the topic of abortion if I just remember back to when I was in college, um, it wasn't talked about much. And if it was talked about, it was political. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like this topic of abortion is hidden under a political umbrella. Sure. So when people hear abortion, they immediately think women's rights. Mm-hmm. That's the discussion. But I, as a college student who didn't really understand what it was, was kind of, you know, in a horrific way. Like, it, I would love for people to know what it is. Is it a fair question? You know, when, if, what should I believe about abortion? Well, we have to know what it is. Because if it stays hidden under a political umbrella, then I think what should I believe is always going to be skewed in clouds. Right. There's no clarity because we're not even talking about, we're arguing with each other and no one even knows what it is. And... What I've seen lately, you know, in the last few years, even when some of what it is has been exposed, that gets hidden, that gets put away, that the culture has said, no, we're not going to let people see what it is. So we have a platform where we can talk about what it is. And if a college student or anyone's listening, and maybe they were like me, they didn't know what it is. They think women's rights, because that's kind of what our culture has emphasized. So is it fair to say, and that, I don't know if that's where you're going, but with those three things, 
what are the three things? And could I ask you the question at some point, you know, what is, how would you define abortion? Sure. Absolutely. Well, the three things, the three different paths when a mom becomes pregnant are parenting, adoption, and abortion. And those are the three obvious paths that we Mm. talk about. And all have positive and negative consequences to go with them. Mm. Parenting is hard. You know, it's, it's tough. It's, it's a challenge. You guys have, you guys have four little ones, Mm -hmm. you know what that's like right now. And, but also adoption is challenging and Mm. abortion is equally as challenging. So when you're looking at those three paths then two of those paths have a life result at the end of Mm. them, they're giving life. One path is not giving life at the end. It is giving death. Mm. And so you have to consider As my end result, do I want my end result to be life or do I want my end result to be death? Mm. And so when we talk about abortion, there's no way to to really skirt around that because of that end result. And it's not only death for the baby, but it's also death in many ways for the mother, Mm. emotionally, spiritually, physical challenge that is that come with it, relational challenges that come with it. So there are multiple angles to think about if you if you take it away from just being a right to do something. Mm. You know, we have a we have a right to do many things. Mm. Um, smoke cigarettes. Mm. But the end result of that was that my dad smoked for 50 years and he ended up passing away with lung cancer. Mm -hmm. Now that's something that I talk to my children about. Let's think about end results. So abortion, if you want to go ahead and and go into what it is, then... Well, I hear you at its core just saying, plainly put, it would be death. Yes. Which, which, I mean, and yeah, I mean, I don't... I know there's the medical um, side of things with the different types of abortion. And I don't... I mean... I, I honestly, so I remember one of the banquets, you know, we do the, the yearly, you guys do the yearly banquets and, you know, I've been privileged to be a part of that over the years. And there was a doctor that came one time and he was going to show pictures of what it was. And I remember telling myself like, okay, I, I know, cause I don't handle like those kind of things really well. It's just hard on me. But I remember, uh, he kind of prefaced it really well. He's like, look, I'm going to show these things. And I'm, if you need to step out of room, that's Okay. And he kind of gave freedom, mm-hmm. but I felt like from right. the Lord, I was like, okay, I, I feel like I need to see this one time and then I'm good. Like not good in this, but like, I, I feel like the Lord would give me freedom to then if somebody's going to do that again, like, uh, and that, that did happen uh, when we did the making life disciples, they yes. have a <laughs> session and they're like, if you need to get up and I do, I get up, I go get a glass of water. Cause I don't know why, like it's just rough. Right. Um, uh, but I'm, you know, I think, you know, and, and, um, feel free to get into that. I just, I, uh, I like the simplicity of, you know, it, I look up the definition of abortion and I think unless they've changed it, the word terminate yes, is what comes to mind. Mm-hmm. So we're ending something. Right. And the debate is like what, but we're terminating. Right. I mean, there's no, you know, and I don't know how that got, which I love how what you guys provide. And it's amazing to me that this gets such so heated and the, the whole thing is about a woman's right to choose. But I just heard you give three options. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing to me that that why aren't people talking about those three? 
And what I love and appreciate that you said was, look, there's challenges to each of those, by the way. Let's, let's just be honest about that. Like, okay, yeah, parenting, it's hard. Hey, guess what? The, actually, that can be encouraging. Like uh, every, every parent struggles, you know, because that's part of the, I think, overwhelming feeling sure. of, of a parenting is, is it feels like this impossible task. So to me, it's actually encouraging if you have other parents say, look, we don't know what we're doing either. <laughs> we're just doing Absolutely. our best. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that can be encouraging in a weird way. Um, adoption. This is an option. This is a choice you could have. And okay, abortion is a choice. You do have that choice. Let's talk about that. You referenced in, um, that it's not just death to the baby, but it's also death to the mom in so many ways. And I've heard how that can impact women. What are some ways that you've seen, um, you know, women even years down the road have to work through that? Um, what are some negative effects it can have on a woman post-abortion? Well, physically, the results of an abortion procedure are that, you know, there are there are some physical com- complications to possible her, her organs. Let's just let's just call it what it is, her cervix, her uterus, that kind of thing. And those complications later in life can make those hostile environments for an embryo, a baby, mm. which um, is developed at conception. So a sperm and an egg come together, and at con- which is what we call conception. Mm. And at that point, those chromosomes have created a unique person. And it's instantaneous. And so we have hair color, eye color, size of the feet, all of those things mm-hmm. that make us that make us people in that in that instant. So implantation in the uterus is very important. Mm. So post-abortion, she can struggle with miscarriage, and that's something that uh, can be very challenging and complicating, especially if the abortion was a result of an unhealthy relationship. And years later, she's now in a healthy relationship married Mm. all of those all of those good great things yet she's experiencing miscarriages so the physical results of those things are because there is potential damage to the organs Mm. spiritual damage is that we offer post-abortion recovery for a reason is because moms and dads and we've recently learned statistics are very high for grandparents and friends Mm. to experience post-abortion grief regret uh, denial even um, anger those those emotions that surround this the situation of abortion are very strong and yet it's very masked and it's very hidden and it's very quiet and women don't talk about it because they don't know how to deal with that grief Mm. because during an abortion then you may or may not have an ultrasound picture you don't have the the tangible feeling of having the child and so grief can go on for years i've spoken with women that had an abortion 50 years ago Mm. and they've lived their whole life and they've not ever really gone through the true grieving process So it's incredibly important emotionally and spiritually to get with the Lord and say, Lord, here I am. Mm. I need your help. I need your wisdom. I need your forgiveness. But I need your help in forgiving myself or my situation, Mm -hmm. what happened, my partner, um, whoever was a part of that situation at the time. 
and walk through those healthy steps of reconciliation and true mm. grieving. So what I hear you saying is, A, if someone's listening and they have had an abortion, yes, they need to reach out to you guys because one of the ministries you have is post-abortive recovery. Absolutely. And those are strategically designed for a woman to help forgiveness yes. and just work through all of that that she's going to have to deal with. When I think back to our original, so that's a, I, I want people to hear that. And the second thing is that with our original question, what should I believe about abortion? I feel like what's fair to say is, well, we should, we should learn the facts, right? We should learn the options. We should learn what it is, we, but we, we've got, we should learn everything we can about it from parenting. What are the options? Yes. You know, let's learn about adoption. What are my options there? And okay. If we want to learn about abortion, Let's at least be brave enough and and courageous enough to let girls know what it is and what can happen to their bodies, not only now, but years down the road when they've determined they do, you know, they've, they're at a place where now, okay, now I want a child. Well, mm-hmm. understand that this could prevent that. I feel like all those facts are hidden. I mean, I feel yes. like it's really hard for young women to find those things and praise God for pregnancy resource centers like you guys across the country who help provide those things. I'm, I I cannot fathom how people would want to withhold that information from people, but that's where we're at. I don't know why that's so such Why is the truth dangerous? Why, why does our culture not want that information available? And I don't know if there's an answer to that, but I just, I don't, I mean, do you feel that way too? I feel like every time, that whether it's um, the guy who exposed the Planned Parenthood videos, right? That you know whatever you know that gets squashed. You know all this stuff happens. You know anytime truth gets out, it's like no, this can't get suppressed. It gets put away. We don't want people to know these things. Why? I have really strong feelings about that. I feel like abortion is the number one thing because it's God's heart, because it's life, because we're talking about His creation. And abortion is fighting against that. Abortion is not life. It's the opposite. It's Mm. termination. It's death. That what surrounds abortion and a woman's issues with abortion, her questions, her situation, the boyfriend, the parents, the job, the education, all of these things that can cause her vulnerabilities is fear. And so when you talk about fear, then we know where fear comes from. And fear is not Mm God-generated. So if we're talking about this on a spiritual level, which I feel like that's what abortion has to come down to, is, is is a spiritual level. And where are you at with the Lord and what's your belief system with what the Lord created and what the Lord's asking us to do and what, what he believes. Okay. So if I'm lining up with what his word says, then his word says that he has, he's given me life, but he's also given me strength. He's given me wisdom and Mm -hmm. he's empowered me to walk in those things as I have a relationship with Jesus. So how am I going to overcome fear is the biggest question Mm -hmm. because fear can be crippling it can be like debilitating. It can stop you in your tracks um, with just sheer terror. And pregnancy is one of those things. So I feel like when we talk about women's rights, I feel like we talk about the fact that women have a right to be educated. Mm. They have a right to be accurately educated mm. on all of those topics. So if abortion is something that's being contemplated, then educate yourself and 
I'll even go as far to tell you what you need to know. What you Mm. need to know is you need to know the risks and the procedures, Mm. physically, emotionally, spiritually. Mm. You also need to see an ultrasound Mm. because what that's going to tell you is how far along you are, but also the location of your baby. Mm. So that way you don't find yourself in an abortive situation with no knowledge. So the ultrasound is about location of the baby. Is it in the fallopian tube? If so, then that's an ectopic pregnancy, and that's incredibly dangerous for the mother. Mm. That's an emergency situation. Mm. Um, Does the baby have a heartbeat? Is there a chance that the baby may have already not made it, Mm. may have already begun a miscarriage within your body? Uh, We've seen that before. Mm. In that case, an abortion is not necessary. Mm. So financially and emotionally and physically, there would be no reason to put your body through that you need to know, and ultrasound mm-hmm. is what's going to show show you that. Is your baby, is it growing? As in, are you five, six, seven weeks? Are you 11, 12 weeks? And what those things are going to tell you is the type of abortion procedure that you may be offered. Mm. Because and it changes depending on how, it, yeah. Yes, it changes depend depending on how far along she is, the size of the baby. Got gotcha. you. And so that's incredibly important due to risk of the mother. Yeah. So education, I would say educate yourself. The best way to overcome fear is to absolutely educate yourself. Yeah. And then do it in a place where yeah. people are going to offer you hope because that's our lifeline. If we don't have something to hope for, to look forward to, something that we're pursuing that drives us forward, then... Mm. We get stuck in a situation where fear just kind of breeds itself Mm -hmm. and it grows. You spoke to something earlier, actually, I mean, throughout the podcast already, you, you mentioned the spiritual battle and I think you're exactly right. And, and tell me what you think about this, because as I've thought about this, um, about abortion and I've also paid attention to just our culture's perspective towards children Mm -hmm. and you know, the, as far as the spiritual about it, Jesus loves children. Remember when the disciples, they like, were going to, re- they rebuked the kids. Yes. And then Jesus rebuked them. Yeah. He's like, no, let the children come to me. And, you know, there's such a element of the heart of Jesus that loves children. Satan hates children. Right. And I think part of the question for us has to be, not only what do I, what, what should I believe about abortion? What should I believe about children? Because I see a cultural thing happening where children are now either a problem or a nuisance, or they interfere with what I want to do. They take away from my plans, my dreams, who wants kids. And there's and I, it's, it's rare to find a young person excited about becoming a mother or a father. I know as a man and paying attention to looking how I can possibly pass on godly manhood to to guys in college, that there's a problem among men to accept responsibility. Mm -hmm. So in all these situations, wherever the father is, most times I see those guys are hands in the air. I'm out. Why? Because there's a rejection of responsibility. Why? Because he has never thought about, you know, 
his what's his perspective on children? Well, he he has never thought he does. He wants nothing to do with them. And I I just think it's sad that we've reached that in America. I don't think it's like that all around the world, you know. Um, but in our country, I just sense that there's this really there's just this cloud over our perspective towards children. And so why would we expect that to be any different? In other words, I, what would and I've you know and to your point earlier, parenting is hard. Right. I've tried to, but we know that I've tried to be very protected in how much I share with like young college students, like the challenges. I want to be real. I'm going to be real. They know, I mean, that, that it's challenging, but I also want to celebrate the amazing things about it. Cause if part of it is, is part of the solution to helping people understand what should I believe about abortion is what do I, what should I believe about children? And to your point about scripture, not only do we see the verse, is it Psalm 139? Mm-hmm. I've knit you together in my mother's womb. You got that one down? What's What verse is that? I, don't, I actually don't have <laughs> no, that one. That's okay. But I, but I think about <laughs> but, that. But yes, it is Psalms 139. You know, I know you, you got, my it's, just, womb. it's just this, you know, beautiful verse. And you see this, it, like the story we referenced with Jesus. And this just this heart for children. And what did he... I mean, there's this children is a, it's a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. right? Be fruitful and multiply. Like where, where did we miss this? Where, where did it's like it, somewhere along lines, because it's hard. And I think we're, we're, we're people, we're flawed. This is what we do. We, we, we take something beautiful and I think everything that's great in life also has challenges. Sure. And so what do we do? We forget all the good stuff and all we do is focus on the hard stuff. And then we go around and complain to people about it. And then what do those people think? man, they sure are complaining a lot. That must be miserable. <laughs> and then people are, man, having kids must be miserable. Mm-hmm. And it's just this culture of like this attitude. It's like kids are amazing. Is it hard? Yeah. Is everything amazing in life that's worth anything going to be hard? I think so. I think there's sure. parts of everything that are going to be challenging. So that question is just as in my mind as we talk is what do I, what, how, what should I believe about children? And if life begins at conception, which we would agree it does, scripture proclaims that, that then that's a child. Right. So I just found out a couple in our church, uh, well, I don't know how far along she is, but they announced, hey, we're having a baby. Mm-hmm. I think it was January. So whatever that. So they should be having a baby pretty soon. Oh. Oh, they're having the baby in January. Having in January. Yes. So that means, wait, is it, I don't know. Point is, she, they're, they're excited. And I text him and I was like, congratulations, daddy. Cause he is right now. Right. Oh, absolutely. Right now he's a father. Yeah. And, uh, and she's a mother. And, you know, I just, I just would love to see that shift happen. I know there's a lot of things that's got to happen. Um, but I want to help people as thinking about what should I believe about abortion? I want to help students consider what should I believe about children? Yeah. I would love for a college student, like, and look, there's contentment and singleness and we can talk about all that too. But when it's time, like to be excited for that, you know, um, because it saddens my heart, the perspective I feel like our culture has towards children. And it makes sense. Satan hates children. If he can kill them before they get here. Great. If he can make people mm-hmm. hate them when they're here. Great. That makes me sad. Do would you, do you it feel is. like that's a fair it question is. to ask? Absolutely. Does that... I think, I think children, embody this beautiful innocence and our world is against that you know our world has 
kids on devices and kids on YouTube and kids on Netflix and kids, you know, they're being infiltrated with media all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. We just had this conversation in our house because it's a challenge um, with, especially with virtual learning right now. They're yes. on a computer a lot. Mm -hmm. And so we did have a conversation with my 11-year-old about how he was being deprived of boredom. <laughs> and <laughs> he just did not understand what I was saying. But boredom, boredom drives creativity. Mm -hmm. You know, go outside, see God's beauty, embrace nature, you know, that kind of thing, which he does. He does love those things. But... I, you know. I, I saw someone, I read this and, and then I quoted it to my kids because they were like, I'm bored. Something about, uh, to your point, I love this. I wish I could remember it exactly, but it's something like, uh, if you, if you say you're bored, you're just a boring person. Like basically <laughs> right. like it was kind of calling you out. Like if you're bored, get creative. Yeah. That's like, I love, you're right. Like I can think of all the dumb games before, like growing up, you know, we didn't have phones and stuff to get caught up in. And so like me and some friends, we would come up with the dumbest games and we would get, Absolutely. we would just be sitting around and give us any kind of thing. And it, then it would become a competition that would come fun. But yes, sorry. I just sidetracked us, but yeah, I'm with you. No, Creativity. it's true. Creativity and that, you know, so just that innocence that children are supposed to have, mm. keeping that in them is what challenges the instantaneous world that we live in. So instant gratification um, is going to challenge like, well, as adults, I, I want it now. I, I want to mm -hmm. have it now. I want to do it now. I want to go now. And, you know, this particular thing is in my way, so I don't pay attention as much. Well, if we don't pay attention to the children that we have right now, then they are going to find things because the world has created so many things that are dangerous for them to get into. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not creativity yeah. that's yeah. safe. And so you can't yeah. go, you can't go very f long without consistency when you're raising kids. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing. Um, being consistent with mm -hmm. them. And in that, then children feel safety. So with, not wanting to have responsibility it's because we want to do what we want to do and then there's complacency and so there are all these there are all these things in the world today and that affects our work ethic and that kind of thing so mm. when you're raising kids there's a lot to think about mm -hmm. and especially when you're thinking okay I'm raising two boys right now they're 15 and 11 but they're not going to be 15 and 11 forever mm -hmm. they're going to be men and so I want them to have spiritually strong families and productive jobs mm -hmm. and be an active member of society and be a disciple for Christ and bless other people and minister to them and all mm -hmm. of those things. So that means I've got to put in the time now. Mm -hmm. I've, got to, I've got to impact them and give them the things that God's given me. So, And you've got a vision for that. And that's, right. that's part of what I would love to to pass on to younger generations is mm. an excitement to what you get to do as a right. parent. You get to invest. I mean, even when you think about the Deuteronomy six, the way God designed discipleship to happen best is in the home. And yes, the church right. can is there to help and assist where you have single parent homes and all these situations. Yes. The church together, the home though, is this beautiful opportunity where you're going to be with those people all the time <laughs> and they see your worst mm -hmm. and your bet. They see everything. But what a cool opportunity to be able to have that opportunity to say, man, this is what I get to do. And I, that can help. I think a girl who finds herself in an unplanned pregnancy 
can consider, wow, okay, wait a second. Maybe, right. maybe I, as I consider my three options, you know, having a vision for what she might get to do, I think gives her a little bit of hope. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. You know, I, I read um, a quote. I don't know who said this, but I really like it. It said, your greatest spiritual contribution might not be something you do, but someone you raise. That's right. And I thought that was such a powerful and I, I, I think there's a lot of biblical emphasis of that, right? Like, so I, I love that perspective. I feel like that can, could give hope to a young man or woman who is in an unplanned pregnancy situation where they're struggling mm-hmm. with the options. Um, man, certainly having a vision and having some people in their life, you know, that can speak those words of wisdom and, and give them that, that those words of life that helps them consider is, is crucial. And that's why I know, um, with what you guys do at choices, is there any, um, would you love to, you had mentioned, you know, you went and, and just volunteered there. Um, obviously we're in different world now. Um, I don't know what that looks like, but if, if a student's listening and wanted to know more, what would you, re- what direction would you recommend they go just to learn more? I don't know if you, I know it's limited right now at the clinic because of, uh, we're in COVID world. And so I don't know what that looks like, but what, what could a student do if they wanted to learn more and about these opportunities? Absolutely. I would love to have them stop by the clinic. I've got all kinds of information, directions that I can point them just to begin educating them on building their foundation okay. of, of wisdom, because that is, it's something that it takes, it takes time. It takes some experiences. And so you can read, you can read statistics, but you've got to grab a hold of it spiritually. It's got to be something that becomes becomes part of your relationship with the Lord and why you're fighting for life. Why is that something that we would want to fight for? Well, that's what the Lord has mm. called us to do, and it doesn't it doesn't come with judgment and it doesn't come with, you know, deceptive manner or manipulation or that kind of thing. It's just this is what life looks like. Mm. And it's it could be scary right now on multiple levels. Hey, taking a test in college could be scary. My oldest son, some of the tests he's taken in high school are scary. You know, there are all sorts of things that we face in life that are fears. Mm -hmm. And what can you do to overcome those, to battle Mm -hmm. those? Mm -hmm. Um, And also, what can you do to be a friend to someone who may have questions Mm -hmm. about this? That's, That's incredibly important is to be a great friend. And so what you called it bravery earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, what does it take to be brave or courageous about really helping a friend with the truth mm-hmm. and giving them the right kind of wisdom? That's really good because I know um, just being aware of, of you, know, you know, paying attention to someone's life enough mm-hmm. to where you might recognize right. that, you know, a lot of times that might be a hidden thing. And if a girl or guy is they're in that situation. They may not be quick to share that information. So we've got to slow down and engage people's lives and ask questions and really, truly listen and, um, and be there. And I think of Ephesians four twenty nine. you know, it's do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful to build others up according to their needs. Right. Well, how do we know what their needs are if we're not listening? And the only way we're going to listen is if we ask, ask questions and, and shut up, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> frankly speaking, you know? And so that's, you know, I think we've got to do that. And, um, there was something I wanted to share and I just slipped my mind. Um, we were talking about the clinic and 
think about those verses. Oh, well, this happens. So well, let me, let me give a few resources okay. for, yes, for those that are do. listening. Okay. Well, one of them, if you are interested in statistics on abortion, then there's the American Life League. And so you would go to all.org. And I pulled a few statistics out of there that I was going to share. And it's okay. that um, every year, the overall numbers of abortion, they break it down by seconds. So one abortion happens every 96 seconds. Um, oh my goodness. For adoption, should a woman be encountering an abortion situation, then the adoption referrals only happen one out of every 174 abortions. So wow. out of 174 abortions, 173 of those are not given any wisdom about their adoption options. Oh, wow. That, those are big numbers. Like they don't even know that that's an option. They don't even know that's an option. Right. Wow. And they're not given the resources by which to go and seek out mm. adoption counsel. Mm. So in 2018, 2019, and the nationwide statistics that these numbers come from, they only come out every three years. So we're always going to be just a little bit behind mm-hmm. on that. But the 2018, 2019 projected numbers are that there are 6,301 abortions a week. So what that results in is right around, right right under 900,000 a year, which is less than where we were at with the 1.3 million a year. So abortions for 2020, unfortunately, are projected to have gone back up because of mm. COVID fears, um, economics, uh, your, your finances, mm. your education situation, that kind of thing. So abortion, not here locally necessarily, but no. nationwide. So mm. that's something that you can find on all.org. Okay. Also abort73.com and abort73.com is going to have some really great statistics put together for you that are easy to read and easy to understand. Okay. So basically our process at the clinic is everything is free to you because we're a donor base. We're a nonprofit Mm. and we're strictly donor based with no grant funding. So we follow all of the confidentiality with HIPAA and all, and all of those good things. So once you've got a positive pregnancy test, then we talk about the ultrasound. And like I mentioned earlier, you're going to learn so much from the ultrasound. Mm -hmm. That's important in the steps that you're taking to get educated. After that, we have an incredible parenting program. So all of these things that we've been talking about, about how do you feel about children and what is it about children that um, you can leave your footprint on this world with? And our parenting program right now has gone online. So we have virtual, we have phone conversations, mentoring sessions mm. every week. And, that's awesome. and our clients are absolutely loving it because they can mm. do it within their time frame. That so um, our on-site, we miss our on-site clients right now, but our online is going amazing. So Starting starting to learn about being a parent from the beginning of pregnancy all the way mm. through fatherhood and toddlerhood, mm-hmm. which we all know is um, a really special time in development, and marriage and learning about how to build a home, but also learning about how to be a step-parent, mm. learning about um, safety, learning about how to deal with rocky things that happen in life and different situations. Mm. Um, if you can imagine it, then we've got mentoring programs to help you work through that. That's awesome. So the biggest thing I would say that Choices is able to do is just offer that foundation of hope to people. Mm. And from moms to dads to grandparents, and we've, we've seen a lot mm. and heard a lot of stories and 
we just love that we get the opportunity to love people well. Mm. So that's that's really important to us. Yeah, and you get to love them by offering them the truth and the options of here. Here's here's what you know. Here are your options, and right. I liked how you boil it down to here's three options, mm-hmm. and you're not scared to talk about abortion because you're t- going to talk about it in a very um, real way with what it is and what's going right. to what they can expect to happen to their body. Here's some cautions. Here's some challenges. Here's some like that's fair. Like that right. that should be kind of standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm thankful for you guys and for the pregnancy resource centers all across the country who are helping young men and women who are in unplanned pregnancy situations and they're helping them work through that. I remember, um, you know, there's kind of two responses, you know, that you've seen, even I know if I think back to like college days, it's like if, if someone gets pregnant, like a lot of times in Christian circles, that's like really frowned upon. It's like, Oh, you know, and you'll kind of see people kind of shun them. Like, it's like, it's so, that's one of the saddest things I've ever seen by the way. It's like really like that, 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 how did we get there? But there's a story, uh, I wish I could remember, but essentially it's like a, um, it was a pastor who's either is, it was either his son or daughter, but it was a couple they were dating and then they came in and I think it was the, uh, it might've been his daughter. Um, and they were just dating, but they ended up sleeping together and she got pregnant and they went into his office to confess, Hey, this happened and we're pregnant and they were scared to death. And the story goes that the first thing he said was to, I believe it was his daughter. And if I got the story mixed up, I'm sorry. But either way, the words of life were there. So even if it's his son sitting here and his son's girlfriend, it's the same. He ended up getting into like, okay, let's talk about this. Let's talk about what, you know, let's get it. But but the first thing he said was, wow, you're going to be a mother. I think he actually said, you're a mother. Like you're going to get to experience motherhood. Right. That's the first thing he said. Then he was willing to get into, okay, now let's, let's talk about where did this go wrong? What do we, where do we go from here? And, and he talked about, it. but I thought that was really powerful that he was willing to celebrate a child, a mother before he went down a different road. Because so many times in these situations, because fear is readily there, mm-hmm. the first hint of, you know, anything negative, it just, it just amplifies that fear to the nth degree. That's correct. And I know the statistic, you know, the making life disciples study we were doing, was it one out of every, help me out, was one out of every four? Four. Mm -hmm. One out of every four abortions were among women who were connected to a church. Yes. That statistic really amazed, but it shouldn't surprise me just because that's, that situation was rare because most people don't get those types of words. They get words of death. Right. They don't get words of affirmation. Yeah. And and it's hard. I get it. Like sin took place. Okay. I get that. But there's a life at stake here. Right. Really a lot of lives at stake to your point earlier. Correct. I mean, um, and I think it's, uh, you know, we've got to be careful how we respond to those situations because I don't want to say anything that can contribute amplifying fear in someone's mind that could lead them to making really bad decisions that would possibly end a life. And so, and then cause them you know, a lot of pain and heartache and potentially just their own in their own way, death, which I think you spoke to earlier. So I love the challenge of that, that, that we have, um, as if individuals to pay attention to the people in our life and, and how will I respond to that? You know, um, not even if, but when that situation, when I hear of that situation. And so I think, um, you know, it's something to pay attention to. And I'm thankful for you pointing out those resources, not only that they could go to online, but also just being willing to say, Hey, come by and I'll give you resources. 
Um, that's awesome. We, we've all one of the greatest fears is rejection, and you touched on so many of them. Rejection from, you know, your your parents. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people say my parents are going to kill me. Well, your parents have never murdered anybody before. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. parents are parents um, are resilient. They're gonna they're mm-hmm. gonna love you because they're you're their child, mm-hmm. and you're about to have their grandchild. And so um, what I've experienced with parents is that um, there's a level of shock there. <laughs> and absolutely. So it's shocking. But what you pointed out was the first words that came out were words of life. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that just took their levels of fear down so far because it canceled out rejection. Yeah, that's So good. that's incredibly important. And that's something that we, we do at the clinic. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, what's the first thing that we can do? in your situation to celebrate you. Mm. And as we're learning about our clients, that's one of my very favorite things. Okay, tell me about your life. Tell me Mm. about your situation. And let's look at, okay, this is an area over here, your education or your, you know, you've got a great car. Hey, Mm. let's celebrate that. Okay, Mm. let's look for, let's look for the blessings Mm. first before, before we let the fear take over and and look at the other things and make them the focus. So I love that you pointed that out. That's good. The baby's the blessing. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share before? I know we could talk a long time about it, but was there anything else we didn't get the chance to talk about that you want to make sure you uh, shared? I think one of the one thing that really impacted me is that um, Isaiah 43 is another one of my favorite scriptures. And um, the Lord is saying it's 43, 18 and 19 that forget the former things don't dwell in the past. And so that's kind of resounds with what we just said is not dwelling on what has caused the situation to happen. Like we are, like we are now parents, you know, Mm. we're now a mom and a dad and because God's making a new way and springing forth roads in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to his people. And Mm. what that means is like God's providing a way for this and he's going to provide a way for your situation to be successful. Mm. And that's incredibly important mm. to him because that is who he is. God is life. And so he values that so highly. Mm-hmm. So I would I would challenge them, you know, not only be a good friend to someone that may that may come to you and to listen listen to them well and, and you know, watch watch over your friends and, and pray for them and as you do that, you know, let the Holy Spirit guide you in hey, maybe bring up the tough topics, mm-hmm. you know, so that's important. But mm. also when you're bringing up tough topi- topics or you're dealing with it yourself, just think, okay, God hasn't abandoned me before and he's got a way. Mm-hmm. He's got a way to make this possible. So default to the positive versus defaulting to that fear yep. that we were talking about. Yeah, no, that's so good. I love that passage. It, it tended to, it caused me to think about, um, Obviously, we know like God doesn't bless sin, but He redeems situation. Right. He can draw amazing things out of horrific situations, and that's what He does. That's what mm-hmm. He does well. And that, as you read that verse, is like that's what I got a picture of. It's like okay, you know, I messed up, right? This is this is, I made a mistake, but where do I go from here? Right. Right. Like that's where you know that gives such hope to okay, like how do we? And then as I think about it, I don't know about you, but like anytime you have a um, a problem in your life, that problem can get just massive in our minds. Right. <laughs> but it's amazing what happens if we'll just sit down and either talk it out or write it out. Like, okay, what are some things I could potentially do? Mm-hmm. What are just some options? 
and put no pressure on myself to have to pick one at the time. Just let me just get the options out. Right. And if I'm willing to do that, all of a sudden my problem gets a little smaller. And then I start seeing hope that, hey, now this one, now this, this one right here, like, mm, but this one, mm-hmm. right? Like this is, and I think that's what I love about what you guys do is to provide those three things of, hey, you can parent, you can adopt, you can abort. That's what you can do. Like I can't make decisions for you. So let's be honest. I think some people are scared that, to even say that, but that's what they can do. Right. And they're in your clinic, which means you help them explore those options and be honest about all of those options. Mm-hmm. And I just have a, a, a good feeling that when you give people the truth, whether they don't know God or do know God, I think it's pretty obvious what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And then that we can pray for them that they'll make the right decision. But I just feel like, you know, it's been a great discussion on what should I believe about abortion? Well, I feel like, you know, we asked the question, you know, about children and everything. And I think at the end of the day, what does, what does God in his word declare about children and about life? And am I willing to align myself with God and his word? Right. Because we are in a place that's kind of scary in our culture where people are quick to reject what God's word says. And they, they'll go with God to a certain point, but the minute that, that it disagrees with what they feel in their heart should be right, they'll leave. And I'm like, I, well, we should probably align ourselves with that. And if someone's not a Christian, I would say still look at the facts, get beyond the political side of things and look at what it is, what it does to the body, to the emotions, to both the father and the mother. Mm-hmm. What does it do? And then make the decision like never because I feel like the people who honestly look at that. I know the statistics are really cool about a woman who sees an ultrasound. Um, If she sees that there's a really high percentage chance she's going to have the baby. I think that's really boils down to the simplicity of it's the it it just naturally reveals what we're what's at stake here. Mm -hmm. There's a heartbeat. I just heard a heartbeat. I don't have to, you know, and so then you can work through the. You know, well, what am I going to do about this? Then we work through those things. And that's why the choices is so beneficial for that. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks, Justin. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And we'll be praying uh, for anybody who's listening. Obviously, if you're here in Russellville, uh, Christy just gave the green light. Hey, give them a call first, um, you know, with COVID world. But but swing by, get some information, visit those websites. Um, if you want more resources, uh, it was, what were those two again you mentioned? It was abort73.com or the American Life League is all.org. Or you can you can learn a little more about choices at choicesprc.org as well. Very nice. Okay. Very awesome. So thank you so much, Christy. And thank you guys for listening in. Until next time, I'm Justin Myrick, encouraging us all to stay connected to church, connected to each other, and most importantly, connected to the God we love and serve. God bless.